Well, good morning, church family. God is good all the time. Amen, amen. So, Brandy touched on the Lamb and Lion Conference. It's going to be here. We shared about it last week. If you weren't here, it's going to be on October 21st, and it's going to be sharing about what's going on, signs of our times, what's happening. Anybody notice this world's getting a little crazy? I've had people come up to me that, yeah, and they just said, this thing is wrapping up, isn't it? And I said, yeah, things are, things are coming together. Thank God we know the end from the beginning, amen? And the Apostle Paul, the Lord Jesus, gave us good insight of what we're going to see just before his return. And we truly believe, I don't even know if we'll be here for this conference. Would that be a wonderful thing? Amen. But here's the information, because nobody knows the day or hour. Saturday, October 21st is going to be the conference. It's going to begin about 9 o'clock. We'll get all the final details together. Evangelist Tim Moore and Evangelist Dave Bowens will be here. They'll be sharing four sessions, and then there'll be a question and answer time. We'll be taking a break for lunch. We can go out for lunch. We'll have a list of all the area uh, places to go eat. And then on Sunday, they'll be here for the 9 and the 11 o'clock service, amen? If you'd like to get a little information about their ministries, you can just go on uh, DuckGo or whatever you use, Lamb and Lion Ministries or ChristianProphecy.org, and you'll see the books and the different things that they are involved in. We're excited to have this going on here this year. This is not a CFFC thing, so please invite other people to church from other churches on Saturday if they want expertise in this area. This is a ministry that has a lot of expertise in this area. Amen. God is good. He said he'll never leave us nor forsake us even to the end of the age. The thing that Jesus rebuked the people of that time was you understand when it's going to rain. You see the sky, but you don't understand the times, the signs of the times. And that's was a rebuke by Christ that we should understand what time we're living in. And we are living very close to the return of our Lord. And what's happening is everything is converging together and the evil. I showed Diane this little video the other day. You might have heard of it. It's called the zombie drug. Has anybody seen those videos? People in Philadelphia, and this is what they do all day. And it's almost like leprosy where they're, body falls apart and then they just take them away dead. It's just sad what our government is allowing in this land. Shame on them. My Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. I take that very serious in the office that he has called me to. And some of these people in our White House, Capitol and so on should be taking it a little serious also. Are you a Republican or you're a Democrat? I am a Christian. And I will vote according to Christian values. Our nation was formed as a Christian nation, and we stand on that all the way through. When we have someone in our White House to make a statement as asinine as his statement the other day, that children, that, that Florida is preventing children from getting this mutilation to them, that that's sinful to do that. No, you are sinful, man. And sitting in that office right now. I pray for him just about every day, and I pray for his salvation. Amen? So I don't know how many years he has left in his life. He needs to get saved. Amen. All right. Let's get into the Word today. Amen? Father, we thank you for the Word of God today. We thank you that your Word does not return void, but it accomplishes that which it's sent forth to do. Lord, as we see a world gone crazy, not just America, it's worldwide. And not just in the immorality, even though I think that's the, the biggest piece, but we see creation groaning now. We're seeing fires and rains and storms and wars and rumors of wars and on and on and on. But you said, let not your heart be troubled. No, not your heart be troubled. So I'm not going to be troubled in this. I'm going to keep on keeping on. So we had inside information. We knew what was going on three and a half years ago. We know exactly what it is because we have your word. We thank you that you have shown us the end from the beginning. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Would you open your Bibles to John chapter 14? We've gone over this month. Can you believe it's the last Sunday of the month, church? Man, like that, amen? So today, we've been talking about our eternal destination, and today we're gonna wrap up this series, amen? So here's what we've gone over so, so far. Week one, we talked about death and what that is to a believer. Listen, church family, every one of us, no matter if you're a little kid today or an elderly person today, we every one of us has an expiration date. Amen? Amen. Every one of us. And you know, they want to say, we're going to live to be 180. Yeah, wait till you hit 70, 80, 90. We'll see you keep on saying that one. Amen. So that was where we touched on that. And we saw for us believers, how glorious that stepping over is going to be. Number two, we talked about a very hard subject and subject of hell. People, in, even in the church today, don't want to believe in hell. But if you don't believe in hell, then you don't believe in Jesus Christ. Number three, and I'll leave it right at that, amen? Because Jesus talked about hell more than any other person talked about hell because he didn't want anybody to go there. And last week, we talked about our new bodies, amen? When we go on a destination, we get a new wardrobe. When we go on this destination, we're getting a new body, amen? This week, we're gonna talk about heaven, amen, heaven. Again, before we go on a vacation, you want to know a little bit about where you're going. Mm. You're going to be spending a week or maybe more, and you don't want it to be a dump. How many here have ever gone on a vacation and you were unpleasantly surprised? I remember the year me and Diane went to the ark out in Kentucky, and boy, we stayed in nice, you know, you're just picking these places, you don't know, nice Hotel at the end of the day. And then on our way back, we, I picked it, not we. She lets me do it because I picked the doozy, amen, where you're watching how you step on the rug because you're sticking to it and on and on and on. Yeah, we've had some doozies in life. It's been fun, right, Diane? Amen. I'm learning this in life, and I don't know about you, that sometimes the best deal is not always the best deal. Amen? Sometimes with hotels, I'm always amazed. You know, I'm a review person, so I'm always reading those things. And 100 people could say, it's the greatest place in the world. And then three people say, ah, you wouldn't want to go there. And I'm always one that leans towards the three. No, no, let's move on. <laughs> John chapter 14, you ready? Verse one. Did I tell you guys to go there? Yeah, yeah all right, here we go. Let not your heart be troubled. Come on, receive that today. Let not your heart be troubled. This world has a lot of troubles in it. I was walking one day and there was this guy walking and he had an ear set on. I said, oh, what do you listen to? Music, a book? No, I listen to the news. I'm like, are you crazy? I'm listening to talk radio. I mean, this guy fights this one, this. Church family, I get all my news in less than 15 minutes, and I know more than if you watch 10 hours of news all day long. Amen? Watch. That stuff will get in you. I know when I start getting, uh, I'm reading too much. I'm listening to too much. Amen? Here Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Watch it. Who has to make that decision? We do. We have to decide not to let our hearts get too troubled. There are troubles out in this world. There, I got troubles, you got troubles, we all got troubles. But here Jesus is saying, don't let your heart be troubled. How do we not let our heart be troubled? We set our affection on things above and not on things that is hurt. If you're just going to think about everything in this life, you're going to have a troubled heart. All right, let's keep going on because we've got a lot to cover here. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Many people believe in God, but yet they'll still end up in hell. The way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. He is the gift that makes us new creation. He is the gift that has taken away the old nature and has given us the new nature. He is the gift from almighty God to the human race. Amen? Listen, it's not, it's good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. Do you understand that? Because some people, he's good, he was good. Read the word of God, amen? Stick with the word. Verse two, in my father's house are many, say that with me, many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. 
I go to prepare a place for you. That's personal, isn't it? I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. Say, he's, he will what? He will come again. First, he's gonna come again. He's gonna come again. He's gonna come again. Come on, say it with me. He's coming again, amen. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Come on, read verse six with me, ready? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the doorway. He is the bridge. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the one that brings us to Father God. He is the gift to the world. And religion, oh, what it has done with our Jesus to make him look like a, a, just a mean guy. No, his arms are open. He says, come on to me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I give you rest. Amen? So heaven, there is so much written about it. People sing songs about it. Poems have been written about it. Books have been written about it, on and on. Some books that I've read during my life, a place called heaven. Imagine heaven. Heaven is for real. One of my favorites is Within Heaven's Gates by Rebecca Springer. And there are so many books out there of people who have died, gone to heaven, come back, and then they tell, oh, we didn't want to leave, amen? Who would want to leave? Come back to this? The Bible mentions heaven over 500 times. What I want to talk about is a little experience that the Apostle Paul had, and that's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Would you turn there with me today? The Apostle Paul had a spiritual experience. There are probably some here that you've had a vision, you've had a dream, you've had a, a spiritual experience that has shown you some things that are not just of this earth. Amen. I've had a few of them in my life, not tons of them, but here and there, the Lord has opened my eyes to see different things. A amen. And this is the Apostle Paul. Many scholars have brought out, this is Paul talking about himself. And watch what he says here in 2 Corinthians 12, 1. It is doubtless not profitable me to, for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord, everything has to point to Jesus. If any dream, any vision, any whatever you have doesn't have Jesus as the center, get rid of it, amen? Here we go. I will come to visions and revelations in the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, now watch this, whether in the body I do not know or out of the body. And this is where people miss it a lot of times with spiritual things. They think spiritual things are this doo -doo 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 -doo, twilight zone type of stuff. Here he is taken into paradise and he didn't know if he was in the body or out of the body. That's how real our, body, our bodies are gonna be when we're up in heaven, when we're on the new earth, amen? So don't think you're gonna be some little floating spirit around. You're gonna be real. In fact, I think we're gonna be more real than we are even now because it is the spirit that made everything that's here now. All right, look what he says. I do not know, God knows, such a one was caught up to the third heaven. Underline that, third heaven. So if there's a third heaven, there must be a second heaven and a first heaven, right? And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows how he was caught up into paradise and he heard inexpressible words which it is not lawful for a man to utter. So again, if you check it out, many scholars believe this is Paul talking about a spiritual experience that he had into the Lord that he was taken into the third heaven. So if there are three heavens, let's look at what the first heaven is and what the second heaven is. Is that okay? The first heaven. The first heaven is what we would call our atmosphere heaven. What is right above us? The atmospheric heaven refers to that blanket of air immediately surrounding our planet in which there are clouds, weather systems move about. 
It is also the domain of flying creatures like birds, insects, on and on. We see this told us in the book of Genesis. Go to Genesis, kind of stay here for a little bit because we're going to go back and forth. Genesis chapter 1, let's look at God creating the world and some things that he did, all right? Everything of life can be found in the first 11 chapters of Genesis. You understand those? It explains everything that's going on, amen? Genesis 1-6, then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the water and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament, what did he call it? Heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. Go down to verse 20. Then God said, let the waters abound, be, with, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures let the birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens, all right? Stay there in Genesis, but in Isaiah 55, 9 and 10, if you want to flip there real quick to see it, it shows us a description of this part of heaven. This is not heaven, the third heaven. This is not heaven, the second heaven. This is the first heaven. Everybody with me? Diane, you were the only one that answered. Everybody with me? I want to make sure you understand this. There's three heavens here, right? Isaiah 55, 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. And now he tells us what this heaven is. Ready? For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, well, where does the rain and snow come from? They come from the clouds, right? And do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So this is the, the, the atmosphere that we live. That's right above us right here, okay? The second heaven, jot down number two. To find the second heaven, all you gotta do is look up high above the first heaven. So you gotta get past our atmosphere once again, the book of Genesis describes this in great detail. Turn to Genesis 1.14. Ready? Not yet? You guys there? Okay, you can talk in this church. You're allowed to talk. In fact, it makes a preacher happy. Okay, thank you, Keith. <laughs> then God said, ready? Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons for days and years. Well, we know exactly what he's talking about, but he's going to explain it here. Let them be for lights to the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth, and it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day. What's that, church family? The sun. The lesser light to, to rule the night. What's that, church family? The moon. I love this. This is God speaking. Watch what he says. He made the stars also. They can't even find the end of the stars, the galaxies that are out there. They are projecting that there are more stars than grains of sand on every beach on this earth. And here, he just says, he made the stars also. <laughs> it goes to Psalm 8. What is man that you are mindful of him or the sun? You, you've given him authority over the star. Oh, what our future is going to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Oh, man. I was by the ocean the other day. I said, all I'd have to do is just walk out there and I'd be up there. And I said, nah, nah, nah. You will finish your course, Tom Fiola. Here we go. Plus, Diane would smack me around. She raised me from the dead. <laughs> All right, keep going on. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light to the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw 
that it was good. So the second heaven refers to the stellar heavens in the outer space that contains the sun, the moon, the stars, the galaxies that are out there, comets and asteroids and everything else that God made. That's the second heaven, church family. We all good with that? Now let's talk about this third heaven because that's where we're going to spend the majority of our time. We come to this mysterious third heaven that Paul refers to in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 2 on, he said, whether in the body or out, I do not know, right? Such a one was caught up to the third heaven, and then he calls the third heaven paradise. Are you with me, guys? With me. So beyond the atmosphere heaven, beyond the stellar heaven, lies the third heaven, and that is where God resides. This is the heaven that is referred to in the Lord's Prayer. You find that in Luke chapter 11, verse 2, and he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven. I know God doesn't live on a cloud. I know God doesn't live on a planet or a star. He lives in heaven. I mean, we can call heaven a planet if we want. It's got north, south, east, west. It's round, on and on. But here it says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All right. This is the heaven also described so many times in the Psalms. Here's Psalms 11, verse 4. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. The heaven of heavens, the third heaven, is that heaven to which we are looking forward to. It is that heaven where those who put their trust in Christ will ultimately go someday to spend forever with God and Christ Jesus. Now, let me say this. I don't have time to get into the new earth, but we know we're going to reign on the earth for a thousand years, and then we're going to reign on this new earth also. But I believe somehow, and I'll show you a little bit of this in a little bit. It's very interesting. I believe somehow we're going to be able to be going to heaven and coming back down onto the earth. Beam me up. Was Spotty or whatever? Scotty, Scotty, that's it. Not Spotty, Scotty. Beam me up, amen? That's going to be the greatest trans, uh, transporter you have ever seen, right? I'm messing up really bad. Okay, here we go. And I'm a Star Trek fan. Frank, what do you think of that one? <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's say I only got 15 or 20 minutes. Where is this heaven located? Come on, giving you some facts now. Two weeks ago, we saw that hell was located where? Down, below, down. Now we're going to see that heaven is located where? Up. Watch. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Spotty. Who's spotty anyway? My wife has to put up with so many weird words. Oh, gosh. It's all good. You still love me, right? That's what makes me unique, right? Yeah, I can't talk English, but... God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Amen. All right, here we go. Ephesians 4, 8. Therefore he said, watch, when he, what? Ascended on high, he led captivity captives. These are all the Old Testament saints. He gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended. What does it mean? But he first descended. We know Jesus went into the bowels of the earth, right? To the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens. What heavens? The first heaven and the second heaven. He ascended right into paradise, the third heaven, that he might fill all things. When Jesus was resurrected, watch how it says this. Go real quick to Acts chapter 1. You remember Jesus gave him a commission, go into all the world, preach the gospel, on and on. Then in Acts chapter 1, verse 9, watch what happens. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken where? Up. So they watched him start floating upwards, right? And a cloud received him, that's the first heaven, out of their sight. And when they looked steadfastly, wouldn't you be doing the same thing? Come on, have you ever watched something unique in the sky? You just keep watching it. 
and watching it. And you don't want to blink your eye because, you know, once you blink your eye, it'll disappear. And you watch, and then finally it's too far. You can't see it anymore. Here they were looking up towards heaven as he went up. Now watch what these guys say. These are angels. Next week we're going to start teaching on angels because I believe angels are going to have a big part in these end days. Ready? Two men stood by them in white apparel and also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stare, stand gazing up into what? Heaven. This same Jesus, not a different Jesus, this loving, compassionate, merciful, all-giving, humble Jesus is the one that's coming back who was taken what? Up into heaven, will so come in like my manner as you saw him go into heaven. Boy, over and over, up heaven, up heaven, up heaven, up heaven. Are you with me, guys? When Stephen was being martyred, here's what he said. This is Acts 7.55. But Stephen, being filled with the Holy Ghost, gazed into heaven. The atmosphere was open. The solar system was open, and he saw right into paradise. And he saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, look, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Isn't that interesting? Stephen, the first martyr, Jesus stood up to greet him because we read other places he is seated at the right hand of Almighty God. Is that precious? Very precious. Now, so now, what is heaven going to be? Look, what's heaven going to look like? Well, I'm going to tell you this right off the bat. I'm going to give you one word of what heaven is going to be like. Are you ready? You might want to write this word down. It's going to be heavenly. <laughs> look at this scripture up on the screen. Look, I am creating a new heavens and a new earth, and no one will even think about the old one any more. Oh, I like that. Amen. Remember these statements from Paul, 1 Corinthians 2.9. But as it is written, eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. I love him. Come on, do you love him today? He's got great things in store for us. Amen. Romans 8.18. 8, Romans 8, for I consider that the suffering, the problems, the things that we're going through of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You know, that'd be nice for me to say that to you, but Paul got to see it. He went into the third heaven and he saw all of this and now he's saying, eyes have not seen nor ears heard what God's got in store for us. It's not, oh, well, that we're going through, I don't care if you're martyred. It's not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed to us. So are you guys ready? Let's go to heaven for a little bit. Is that okay? Would you turn with me to Revelation chapter 21? One more time, look at Isaiah 65, 17, up on the screen. Look, I'm creating a new heaven and a new earth. And no one will even think about the old one anymore. Man, I'm ready for that. Um, I mean, there's people that go through a lot more than I'm going through. Amen. I've had much sorrow in my life. I've had lots of pain in my life. But it does compare to what some people are going through in North Korea right now, in China. Look what happened in Pakistan. Did you guys see that? Last week, they burned over 30 churches, killing Christians. Amen. We, we, we got it pretty good right now. Let's keep praying. It stays like that. See, what prayer does, I've been saying this for years. I hope you get this. What prayer does is hold back darkness so we can get closer to the day of the rapture because the Bible is going to be fulfilled. All that you see during the tribulation, and we are seeing signs of the tribulation now. So what we want to do is hold that down, get people saved, and then when that trumpet sounds, it'll be less. But... I don't know. Things are getting pretty crazy. Amen. All right. Revelation 21. You ready? Ready to go on a trip? I am your travel agent today. 
You come to me and you want to know, what's this place I'm going to be going to? How's it going to be? Well, let me show you. Last week, I told you what, that, what you're going to wear. Now we'll look at. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth that passed away, also there was no more sea. Now I've read that. I don't know about you. I like the ocean. How about you? Amen. So I read that and I kind of go, Lord, there's really not going to be any ocean on planet Earth. So I did a little studying on it. And I'll be honest with you, not many people know the answer to that. All right? So follow me. Dake's study Bible. The large oceans covering about three-fourths of the Earth will be no more. But there will be an abundance of rivers, lakes, and small seas on Earth forever. Holman's Christian Standard Study Bible. While like the present creation in some ways, the new heaven and new earth will be much different. For example, there will be no more sea. However, some believe that sea is symbolic for the wickedness of the current creative order. Some believe that huge oceans came in after the flood, but that there were still bodies of water, but never over 73% of our earth covered in water. I thought that was interesting too. So, so I'm not sure. We're going to find out, but I can guarantee you this. It'll be great. All right? All right. Verse 2. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. I thought about that. I got to help two of my daughters, you know, at their wedding, and, and a, a girl, a woman, and they'll, they'll spend everything. I had to put a budget together on that one. Two of them, one right after another. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. Why? They want everything perfect. They want to look perfect. They get their hair done. They get their nails done. They get their eyes done. Everything is done so that they can be prepared for their husband, for that moment, for that time together. And here it says, New Jerusalem is going to come out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. Now, I'm going to throw it out there. I don't know the full answer, but some people believe we are the bride of Christ. Others believe when it talks about the bride of Christ, it's the new Jerusalem. We're going to find out. Amen? All right, verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from saying, watch what this loud voice says. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with man. Underline the word tabernacle. It means dwelling. This one who said, and he made the stars also, is now going to dwell with us. And that, that blows you away. What does God look like? Well, I don't know, but he kind of looks like us. I don't know what it's all going to be about, but this I can tell you. Look what it says. He will dwell with them. They shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. There's a scripture in Colossians that says, in him, in Jesus, dwells the fullness of the, the Godhead bodily, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all in this body. Ah, I don't know all the answers. All I can do is read the Bible, amen? Kind of imagine some of these things. Then it says, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. What does that mean he's gonna wipe away every tear? Why are there tears in heaven? Maybe it's some regrets that we have. Maybe it's people that we wanted to get saved that didn't get saved. Maybe it's people we know are in hell. Maybe it's just joy that we're in heaven. But it says God's going to wipe away the tears from our eyes. Come on, read the next part with me. Nice and slow. There will be no more death. No more funerals, church family. I get tired of doing funerals. There will be no more sorrow. No more crying. There will be no more pain. For the former things have passed away. All this old stuff is done. And he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. In other words, God's putting his seal on it. I guarantee it is what he's saying. No more pain. No more sorrow. No more losing 10 pounds, going on vacation for a week and gaining it all back. No more zits, none of that, all done. Hallelujah. <laughs> Keep going. And he said to me, 
It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Watch what he does now. I will give of the fountains of water of life freely to him who thirsts. You read some of these books. One of the first things they do is drink from the river of life, right? He who overcomes shall inherit some things. All things? What are all things? All things that God made we're going to inherit? I will be his God. They shall be my son or children. Then he warns here. He puts the warning out. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, that's witchcraft, drugs, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. Continue on. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, come, I'm going to show you the bride, the Lamb of God. Here we go, the bride. And he carried me away in the spirit to a gray high mountain, and he showed me the great city, holy Jerusalem. Watch this now. Descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, the city. Remember, it's city, not country, not world. Are you with me, guys? Her light was like, like a most precious stone, like jasper, clear as crystal. Can you just picture it? This puts the Emerald City of the Wizard of Oz to shame. Come on, how many remember? Got to be a little older like me, but you're watching the Wizard of Oz, and it's in black and white. You remember that? And then all of a sudden, she opens the door, and she's in Oz, right? The Wizard of Oz. Make sure I get it right. And then she, all the colors, and then... Follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> and they get all the way to the Emerald City. You remember? It was all green. And it had the little flashes of light. Anyway, anyway. We didn't have much when we were kids. I mean, you know, we had Felix the Cat and Popeye. And, and that's about it. Anyway, here we go. Having the glory of God, her light was like the most precious. And we didn't have VCRs. So either you watched it around Easter time or you had to wait till next year, right? Her light was like a most precious stone, like jasper stone, clear as crystal. Also, she had a great and high walls. This is the city, 12 gates, 12 angels at the gates, and the names written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. So we know that is Judah and Benjamin and on and on. Three gates on the east, three gates on north, south, and west. Now the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were written the name of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Remember, there's only 11. One hung himself, right? Wonder who that 12th is. I personally think it's Paul. We'll find out when we get there. And he who talked to him, now watch now, this is, gets so good, had a gold reed in, to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. The city is laid out. Remember, city, city laid out like a square. Its length is as great as its breadth, and it, the measure of the city with the reed was 12,000 furlongs. Now watch. Its length and breadth, remember like a square, and height are equal. Follow me. This is from the book, The Book of Signs by David Jeremiah. Great book if you want to read it. He stated that in today's terms, that means this new Jerusalem, this one city, will be 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles long, and 1,500 miles high. That's more than 2 million square miles on the first floor alone. And given that this city is cubical and rises far beyond the, the statosphere, the statosphere, catch now, starts at about 11 miles above the surface of the earth. The new Jerusalem is going to go up 1,500 miles. We can assume in some ways it will have more than one level and there will be vertical elements to it. He goes on. It is 2,250,000 
1,000 square miles. It's 15 times as big as London. It's 20 times as big as New Zealand. It's 10 times as big as Germany. It's 10 times as big as France. It's 40 times as big as all England. It is even so much bigger than India. Why? It's an enormous continent in itself, the one city. If you compare the New Jerusalem to the United States, you would measure from the Atlantic Ocean coastal line and westward. It would mean a city from the farthest Maine to the farthest Florida and from the shores of the Atlantic to the Colorado. And from the United States Pacific Coast eastward, it would cover the United States as far as the Mississippi River with the line extending north through Chicago and continuing on to the west coast of Lake Michigan up to the Canadian border. Again, remember this is just one city. One more thing he brings out that I love how he says this. To me, one of the most amazing things about the dimension of this city involves its height. According to Revelation 21, 16, it's just as high as it is long and wide, which means it ascends 1,500 miles into the air. Now, just for discussion's sake, he says, let's say the city was divided into floors with very high ceiling, let's say 20 feet. So all the way to the roof here is about 20 feet. There are 5,280 feet in a mile. So if the city of New Jerusalem reaches 1,500 miles into the air, that's 7,920,000 feet upwards. Let's suppose every floor was one mile high. That gives us a city of 1,500 floors, every floor the size of a continent, and that's just the capital city. Don't forget what's all around it, the new heaven and the new earth. Wow, wow, wow. So somehow this new Jerusalem, as massive as it is, is going to hover above the earth. And somehow we're going to be up, Scotty. <laughs> Let not your heart be troubled, church family. God's got great things in store for us. Let's finish up. Look at verse 17. Then he measured its walls, 144 cubits, according to the measure of man, that is, of an angel. The construction of wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city adorned with all kinds of precious stone. And then he goes through all these stones, and you can actually look them up and see what these stones are, amen? The 12 gates were 12 pearls, each individual gate was made of one pearl. And he says this over and over. And the streets of the city are pure gold like transparent glass. Look at the glory of the new Jerusalem. But I saw no temple in it. For Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city has no need for the sun. Now remember, this is talking about the city. It's not talking about the earth. Because I think there'll be a sun and the moon on the earth. But in the city... The city has no need of sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminates it. The Lamb is its light, and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. Did you catch that? Nations, not just individual. These are the sheep nations that make it in, right? And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor to it. Who's he talking about right there? Us! King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It says we're going to bring our glory into it in our honor. Its gates shall not be shut all by day. There will be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. But they shall by no means enter it anything that defiles. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Or cause it abomination or lie. But only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Verse 1, And he showed me a pure river of water, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb. So somehow this water is going to come right from God's throne. In the middle of the street, on either side of the river, 
is the tree of life. Remember, the tree of life was banned from man to touch anymore because if man ate of the tree of life, he would die spiritually forever. He'd be spiritually dead forever. So God, in his mercy, put the angels there with the flaming sword that no man can eat of the tree of life. But guess what we're going to do for all eternity? And look what it says about him. In either uh, middle of the street, in either side of the road, is a tree of life which bore 12 fruit, each tree yielding its fruit every month. Oh, the variety of heaven is going to be amazing. The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nation. There shall be no more curse, say hallelujah. But the, land, the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. His servants shall serve him. They shall see his face. Whose face? God's face. And his name shall be on their forehead. There shall be no night there. There need no lamp nor light of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light. And they shall reign for a couple thousand years. Forever and ever. Church family, what an amazing future God has in store for us. So pack your bags. We're going on an eternal destination. And here's how it says it. But as it is written... Eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has in store for them that love him. Do you love him today? He's just given us a little glimpse. You have loved ones that have passed on before you, like I have, like many of us have. This is what they're seeing right now. In our selfishness, we want them back. Let them enjoy We'll be with him soon enough. I said, we had Irene Negron here, first service. Some of you know Irene. And I said, Irene, it's like you've never left. Is that the truth? When you see a person you haven't seen in a long time, it's like you never left. And that's the way it's going to be with our loved ones. When we see them in the clouds, we hug them, we love them on, and then we walk into glory together with them. It'll be like they've never been gone. It's going to be a special day. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father, again, we love you and honor you. And we so thank you for this amazing redemption. When your heart was grieved at the time of Noah, you could have stopped the righteous line right there. You could have ended this all, but you said no. No, I love this human race too much. They're made in my image. No, I got a plan. It was man that fell. It was man, God, Jesus Christ, who redeemed us. And that's why there's only one way to get to heaven. You can't get there any other way. Don't let anybody deceive you out of your eternal life. Let nobody trick you. Read your Bible. It's been proven true every time over and over. If you're here today, you have never asked Jesus to come into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. Please make that decision today. Please, please, don't let an opportunity pass you by, please. How do I do that? The Bible says you repent of your sins. You ask Jesus to come into your heart, to be your Lord, to be your Savior, and he does. That's it. That's it. You got to do it from your heart. The Bible says you do it from your heart, you say it with your mouth. If you like to do that now, pray this prayer with me. We'll all pray together to help you. Let's say this with my dear God in heaven, I believe today that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross and that he rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I thank you for forgiving me of my sins and accepting me today. I thank you, Lord, that I am born again. I repent of my sins. Thank you for the restoration. In Jesus' name, amen. No one looking around, Christians praying softly. But if you made that decision today, I'd like to say congratulations. This is not about joining religion, please. We are an unreligious church, amen. Non-denominational, amen. Why is that? Because we're going to stick with the Word of God. 
you're here today and you just made that decision, I'd like to say congratulations. I'd like to give you a little gift before you walk out the doors today. There is no charge for it's a gospel of John, a little bit of literature to help get you started. It's free. I'm not going to have you stand. I'm not going to have you come to the front. We have altar workers that are around the sanctuary. They'll come right to you. They'll put this in your hand. You don't have a Bible. There's a little card inside there. Take it to our bookstore. It'll give you a free New Testament, our gift to you. That's it. That's it. We're not here to embarrass you. We're here to bless you. We're not here to scare you. We're here to help you. Take that step for Jesus Christ. So with no one looking around, Christians praying softly, if you are receiving Jesus Christ for the very first time, or you're rededicating your life to him, or you're just not sure yet, but you would still like this free gift, and with no one looking around, it's between you, Almighty God, myself, and one altar worker. Would you slip your hand up, let them see it, and they'll come right to you and bring you this gift. Please, don't let it out. I don't know what tomorrow has, but eternity is a long time to be wrong, church family. A long time to be wrong. Please, just slip your hand up, let an altar worker see it, and then put it right back down. We'll make sure somebody comes to you. Somebody comes to you. All right. I believe we're all Christians then. What I want to do, we got to, I haven't seen people get saved the last few weeks. So let's get serious again, amen? Put your hand on a chair and let's pray. Let's pray that somebody will fill that chair up. That's unsaved. I don't want people from other churches, guys. We're not here to take sheep from other churches. We're here to get people saved, amen? Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we pray over every empty chair here, and we pray, Father, that people would come in that are unsaved, not going to church, uh, maybe in dead churches, Lord, that don't preach salvation or, or even cultic uh, things, Lord, that they can be broken out of that, Lord. We pray over Sussex County and the surrounding area, Lord. We call them in from the north, south, east, and west, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, Father, we thank you for the service today. I thank you again, Father, that you have blessed us so good. This life is good. We live in a great, great area, Lord, on and on. Things are different, no doubt, but we thank you for it. But I thank you, Lord, that we have a future that's so bright, it's beyond words. I thank you today, Lord, that you have made us the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, that in all our ways and endeavors that we are greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved, that we are blessed to be a blessing. God is good. We have a prayer meeting today. If you'd like to join us, please sign up for the picnic so we know how much food to get. Have a great afternoon, everybody.